Medicaid serves nearly 66 million Americans who often have challenges accessing health care. Many of them go to the ER to treat common, low-acuity conditions, but technology could change that. Our Express Care platform, for example, provides video visits for people who can't miss work or don't have access to transportation. It has the potential to connect underserved patients to vital resources. To see how progress happening outside of healthcare can inspire new ways to innovate, I spoke with Brandon Krieg, the CEO and co-founder of Stash. What I do is focus on transforming the customer experience in healthcare. Um, tell me a little bit about you know who you are, how you kind of came to to be around Stash and the work that you guys do at Stash. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, my background actually is the complete opposite of what we do at Stash. Now, I started my career in a in a algorithmic electronic trading in the market, and effectively, I helped hedge funds and uh, mutual funds and. Uh, make more money or find better ways of trading their their big big institutional orders. And after a very long career uh, doing that, I ended up uh, working for a big global bank. And one day, uh, someone that worked in the in the research team came over to my co-founder and I and said, "I have some extra money to invest. What should I do with it?" And we both looked at each other and said, "Wait a second! Like, how is it possible you're you're asking that?" That question, you do this for a living. And it dawned on us that we needed to to find out if this problem was was widespread. And so we literally went out to the street one day and started asking people about money. And we the one deal we had with each other, this is Eddie, my co-founder and I, is that we weren't gonna ask anyone that had a suit and tie on. And so mm. every time we asked someone, hey, do you invest, do you save? People would say, No, I, I don't. But I really, really want to. Um, and we'd say, well, well, tell me why. Why not? And so we heard two things. One, I really don't understand it, so I'll do it later. Or I, I don't have enough money yet. I need to be rich, so I'll do it later. And, and we'd ask people, you know, what's rich? And no one could define that. No one could answer that question. It was always the kick the can down the street game. I'll, I'll do it later. I don't know. I'll do it later. And so we quit our jobs to start Stash, right? So Stash is a, a digital-first financial platform. Uh, we help people invest, save, bank, and get financial education and advice all in one platform. And uh, we started about three years ago, and uh, we now have over 3 million customers throughout the U.S., and it's it's just been an incredible journey helping people that are this mass underserved, almost you know left-to-side population of the U.S. that doesn't invest, doesn't save, pays too much in banking fees. And it just so happens that there are, are close to 150 million people in the U.S. like this. So that's kind of what we're doing and the problems that we're solving. It's, it's been an amazing that's three amazing. years. Yeah. That is, re- that is really, really cool. Uh, it's, it's very similar to, to some of the stuff that we're doing over here at Providence St. Joseph Health. We, we, we have been kind of focused on providing my team at least uh, on the digital team has been focused on providing better access to the Medicaid population and it's interesting like one of the things that you kind of point out there is is just the lack of knowledge and understanding may be the biggest barrier to their participating and investing which is is going to harm them over time right yeah for sure you know I, I tell you it's it the I was really excited to to come on today to chat with you because one of the first things we did when we started digging into what what should Stash be and how do we 
solve these problems. The, one of the first things we did is we brought in someone who helped Weight Watchers build Weight Watchers Online. Because we said, hmm. what is the closest thing to financial services that we can find? And believe it or not, it's, it's weight loss and, and healthcare. And, you know, and the question that we ask is, how do, how do you help somebody lose 30 pounds? You know, because you can't just wake up tomorrow and wish 30 pounds away. You got to work at it. The problem is, is if I said to someone who needs to lose 30 pounds, great, you're going to lose 30 pounds by tomorrow morning. The chances are they're going to gain two pounds because of the stress and anxiety. You know, when you, mm -hmm. but then you say, hey, we're going to help you lose one pound and we're going to celebrate you. And then we're going to help you lose two pounds and we're going to celebrate you. That's building, helping someone through positive reinforcement build a really great habit. Same thing goes when you look at America now with money. You know, 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of studies have shown that about 50% of Americans can't come up with $500 in a medical emergency. So how do you help the 80% of Americans build a really good financial habit? Same thing, right? You get them off the sidelines, onboard them in a really easy way to become, to have a financial account. So a brokerage and investment advisor account. And then you basically make it super simple to understand it. So for us, we provide a lot of education to teach and educate people on not just, hey, you're going to do this thing that you totally don't understand and you've never done it before, but we're actually going to make it super simple. We're going to drop the minimum down to $5 so you can start, and we're going to teach and educate you along the way. What we found is that the average customer after doing this builds a habit of putting away about $27 a week. So hmm. it's, it's amazing, right? Because after one year, this same customer, unfortunately, that was living paycheck to paycheck, now has over $1,000 saved up, and they're building towards their future. So it's, I think it's all so about- they've, they've, they've gotten a they've gotten a buffer in life for some of these kind of unforeseen things, and then they've also started down the habit. I, I think your analogy to weight loss, and, and, and for, for us, that translates into chronic disease. So you end up with diabetes and- this big chronic disease burden on you as and 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 then it, it it also can kind of roll into other things like depression and anxiety and those types of things so this is amazing what you guys are doing so you, you took lessons from i guess i guess the weight loss industry and 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 are, are are kind of encouraging people to to save on a regular basis is what i'm hearing yeah and, and getting rid of those hurdles right starting small and learning as you go and and just making yep. investing and and saving it accessible. And we've actually did something last week we announced. We built something called Stockback on top of the banking product that we offer our customers. Mm. So that if you don't want to start investing, you don't know what to do, or you feel still, even after everything we provide, aren't ready. If you open up a bank account on the platform, as you spend money, our system buys you stock automatically wherever you spend money. So if you happen to be a regular Walmart customer, Every time you go there and spend, if you use a stash debit card, we'll give you stock in Walmart every time you go. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so it's it's about building a habit, right? And, and f like one of the things that I think really connects both of our companies is that health isn't just about you know weight loss or you know your 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 physical health. Your financial health, I think, plays a big part in your overall life picture. I think they're very aligned with each other. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and one of the things that we've found in, in terms of working with the Medi Medicaid population is is that 
You know, these these folks are generally lower to middle, well, actually lower income, and um, and they're eminently logical based on the facts that they have in front of them, which is, you know, and, and one of the reasons why we're trying to work on kind of providing better, more convenient access is one of the things I always talk about is um, inconvenience hurts the poor and vulnerable uh, in the Medicaid population way, way more than it does middle and upper income. Um, and the example I always kind of think about is, you know, think about the single mom who is, um, you know, working an hourly job and one of her kids gets sick. Um, she is, you know, in today's healthcare system, she is mainly forced to take half a day off of work, lose half a day's worth of wages, plus whatever she may have to spend to get to and to and fro, and um, and, and to, just to get her kid. Um, seen for something that she's probably, you know, had before, right? And so one of the things that we're building around that is, you know, the, the concept of telehealth. Uh, so you don't have to even come in. And we're working with the state Medicaid agencies because they typically don't pay for this service. And we're making the argument that, you know, they will do the logical thing, which is they'll go and get high-quality care after hours, which is the ED, which is the, the most ex expensive place you can receive care in the healthcare system, right? And so if you want to avoid that and have them kind of, you know, do, do something that's more convenient for them, it's a win-win, um, you, you've got to basically make them aware of these options. And it sounds like you guys have done an incredible job of making people aware of, of, of and educated because what I heard you say at the beginning was there's two barriers. One is, you know, I don't have enough money, but it's most more likely that it's just I don't know what to do, so I'm afraid, so I'm not going to kind of lean in and, and start saving. Yeah, I, I, first of all, you know, it's 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 really about giving people access and and creating positive habits. And I think, you know, what you just said really it almost gave me goosebumps. I think it's total bullshit that in in 2019 and today's society that we have to live in a in a world in 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 a country that, you know, the the upper middle class and middle class and rich can get all this access and mm -hmm. everyone else can't, right? So in healthcare, yeah. It's it's you know what you guys are doing is incredible and I think in financial services it's the same thing right like you know you think about overdraft protection in the U.S. right overdraft fees for yep, the top yep. banks is an eighteen billion dollar a year revenue stream that is insane the truth is though is that my wealthy friends can call up their bank if they make a mistake and they'll wait, their fee gets waived totally you do yep. the same thing to 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 you know your your average American. The bank would probably rather you leave than reimburse the fee. So we started looking at this yeah. and we, we said, all right. Because they just, to your point, they just do that math. They say, you know, the overage charge is, is more than the interest that they'll earn on the, you know, the, the checking account or whatever it might be because of the balance is so low, right? That's right. Exactly. And, you know, I look at our yeah, customers, yeah. right? Our customers are almost a perfect representation of what America looks like, right? So household income, yeah. demographic gender, everything. And what it, what do my customers pay? Just in banking fees. So 30% of my customers of stashers pay $70 a month in banking fees. That that wow. That is insane. You know, the average customer on stash pays about $370 a year in fees. You know, but if wow. you take that money and you put it in their Roth IRA and you let it compound for life, it actually makes a fundamental mm -hmm. difference in their retirement. It's all about access and information. Yeah. 
you know, and, and uh, it, it's really powerful. And I think, you know, again, giving people access to things that they have been effectively excluded from, it, there's no reason that everyone can't do these things, it, both from healthcare to financial health to everything. You know, I think that... One of the things that... Uh, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was on a roll. I was getting excited. <laughs> One of the things that, that um, is a challenge now for us, and I would love to kind of get your, your take on it, is traditionally most Americans have kind of the following algorithm when they seek care. Um, if I'm willing to wait, I'll go see my primary care physician, right? I'll, you know, so I'm willing to wait maybe a few days or possibly a week or so. If I'm not willing to wait, I'll go to the emergency room, which is incredibly expensive. And so they end up seeking care um, – you know, they either, either end up kind of, you know, waiting and possibly, you know, uh, putting off care or they end up uh, being seen in a very expensive place to, to receive care. Um, and, and so we've generated or we've created these new care options like, you know, you can see, see us the same day, you know, in the morning and schedule online. You can uh, do a telehealth visit on demand. And in the Seattle market, you can even summon us to your home, right? Uh, and so we've really made care convenient uh, and accessible. One of the things that's complicated about it is uh, these are we're, healthcare is so far behind that people don't even really believe this exists, right? So they they've just kind of written us off as being this like you know old industry that isn't going to innovate. And so we have a challenge of just educating them on the different options. So so with your with your user base, uh, what I would love to understand is. There's probably some similar things where you guys have innovated. You mentioned, you know, um, you know, uh, 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 delivering stock where I shop and those types of things. How do you how do you think about in, about educating the user base to these new options without confusing them? <laughs> Sounds like we had we have similar problems when it comes to that, and it's yeah. Yeah. sometimes things that you know, are new and, and highly disruptive to an industry, unfortunately, it, you have to get rid of the preconceived notions. So we, we spent a mm. lot of time on this, right? Because when we launched, we went out to the market and said, we're dropping the investment minimum to $5 because we built a fractional mm -hmm. trading model so you can own fractions of investments. It took a mm. lot of time to get people over that. Well, hold on a second. You know, people would say, like, how, how is that possible? How can I only invest $5? You know, and we had to really just keep iterating our product and our messaging to keep making it simpler and simpler so that everyone could understand it. And I think I, I can't directly answer your question because it sounds like it's a big challenge, right? Because there are more yeah, preconceived yeah. notions and more probably negativity around the healthcare industry. I, I don't know, more or probably the same as financial services because, you know, people that, yeah. people that, uh, that don't have I mean, a lot you of... You must have that. You must... You must have the, the challenge that we do, which is you make a statement and it's it sounds too good to be true. And when people hear it, they believe it's too good to be true. So, for instance, you know, fractional trading, they, you, you may even get them to understand what it is or telehealth in our example. You know, so we'll come to you and you know, we'll actually do a video visit. You don't have to come in. Um, but, you know, it's just getting past the belief that it's is this is this for real? Right. Um, you know, what 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 am I missing? Um, that will come back to bite me as a consumer, um, just some skepticism. 
How do you guys how do you guys think about that? Well, I could tell you what we did to to kind of get mm-hmm. through some a lot of that in the beginning is that we yeah, hired yeah. we hired an amazing teacher onto the team. Mm. And we decided that you know, our tech was really good, our our product we thought was at least our early version of a product was 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 good enough to be in market, right? We had done a lot of UXR work on iterating it before we put it out. But what we found made mm-hmm. the big difference is how we talk about it and how we educate our our offering to the market. And so what we did is we hired an amazing teacher uh, named Erica Bentley, and she came onto the team to start helping us talk about Stash in a way that was different than your average financial services company talked about f- finance or finance, as we mm-hmm. like to say. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, it, and it worked really well because we had to change the game. We couldn't play the game of, of financial services the way that everyone else is playing it because we don't represent the same things. We don't have the same values. We don't offer the same things. We're not fee happy trying to get you at every turn on more and more fees and, and fine prints. I mean, for us, it's all about transparency and access. So mm. that is one thing that I think worked really well. I think, you know, trying to explain to someone that they could you know, come to Stash and bank with no overdraft fees and no monthly fees and, and you know, and do something they've never done before is, is a, maybe a little easier than what you have to solve for. Because for me, my customers already, they don't invest. So about 86% right. of my customers are, they report first time or beginner investors. So they've never done it before. Whereas we all get sick from kids on, right? So I guess it's a little tougher, but I think right. education is the, is the real powerful differentiator. Yeah, one of the things that we've found, I would love to kind of get your take on this, is um, we're focusing on, you know, kind of what we call, uh, you know, female head of household. So she controls 90% of the healthcare decisions within the home. Um, and she has an immense amount of influence. And in, in, in one of my theories is, is because she experiences the healthcare system in a bunch of different ways and learns to use it. Uh, it's like, you know, trying to explain to somebody else how to fly a 747. It's complicated and possibly deadly if you get it wrong, right? And so she learns to fly the 747 for the family and basically directs healthcare. And so one of the things that we're working on is, is a personalization platform. And as it pertains to the Medicaid population, making that very, very multilingual. Um, we're re- releasing Spanish uh, this year, which we're super excited about because specifically in OB and uh, so um, when, when women are expecting uh, their first child, there is a lot of anxiety that goes on um, that is made worse by Dr. Google, right? She will go to, <laughs> you know, to, to the Internet and find out all the horrible things that this symptom could be and then call up, you know, the OB and, and the OB will have to kind of, you know, um, uh, talk her down from it because she's getting a lot of bad information. So one of the things that we innovated on is saying, look, this is, this is um, your health system and your OB particularly endorsed, you know, answering the question, is this normal, for, 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 for example. And then we build that kind of trust with her and then and stay with her throughout her life as she kind of takes care of her family and, and whatnot. So, so that's something that we're thinking about. How have you guys thought about, I, I guess, the different, you know, segments that you serve within, within Stash? 
I want to answer that, but I want to tell you just a f- funny backstory. I have three uh, yeah. uh, kids, and one of them is fairly new. And yeah. the one thing that the ROB kept saying to us is, do not go to Google to get advice. <laughs> <laughs> and she always said that to us, and it was it's true. Google will tell you uh, both good and bad things for the same symptom. So it's oh, it's yeah. almost like you need a button in your digital product that says, don't go to Google, click here. We'll help you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, about it is is it makes the, the conversation when she does come in for the visit super focused and super productive for both, both, uh, both folks um, so that they can really talk about what's coming up next instead of, you know, again, um, saying, no, this isn't an issue and this isn't what your symptoms mean and that's totally normal and you shouldn't worry about it. Um, so so you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, and I think on, on the flip side for, for Stash, what we did is that when we uh, started, one of the things that we realized we couldn't do is we couldn't bring on uh, you know, this new population of, of, of users, of Americans, to invest and to use our platform without giving them advice. Because if mm-hmm. I get you off the side, it's like, great, now I got you to start investing, I got you to start learning, and I never talk to you again. What mm-hmm. are you going to do, right? How do you know when to sell or what to buy or how to keep diversified? So we built something called the Stash Coach. And the coach's job is to stay there on your journey with you forever on the platform. So it's an algorithm mm-hmm. that we worked on, and we've been working on it for three years, that is constantly learning about what you're reading, what you're learning, so we can make you recommendations of the next thing you should read or the next thing you should learn. It is watching very closely to what you're investing in so it can give you back advice around uh, how to get more diversified in your holdings or how to dollar cost average. And if you don't know what that means, it will teach you what these terms mm-hmm. are. And, and it comes from the ground up. Uh, it looks at, uh, we recently added, uh, well, about a year ago, uh, life insurance to the Stash platform. So it tries to get an understanding of do you have life insurance? Do you need life insurance? And if you do, it will introduce you to the concepts of life insurance because we believe that everyone should have that. And it's just an ongoing algorithm that is constantly learning and evolving with you. And I think it's really important because, you know, I I don't think that in both of our industries, we can have an expectation that, I liked your analogy, that that everyone can drive the, the 737, right? Actually, yeah. I don't want to drive yeah. a 737 right now. We'll use a different plane. The seven, <laughs> That's right. The 767. 747, yeah, 767. How about that? Seven, yeah. 747, that's a good plane. Um, yeah. But you yeah, know, yeah. And no, not everyone can drive it. And the truth is, though, if you think mm-hmm. about now the disparity between the wealthy and everybody else, is if I have you know, a few hundred million dollars, I could call any financial advisor, and they're going to call me every yep. day. They'll probably wish me a good yep. morning. And probably come tuck my kids into bed at night if I want them to, and they're yep. going to give me advice yep. and they're going to help me with my taxes and and everything else, no matter what I need. Now, if I have a hundred dollars to my name, but I have the same aspirations as everybody else, who's going to help me? And the answer is, unfortunately, yeah. not not many people are going to help you. So it's it's yeah. it kind of sucks if you think about it, but I think industries like mm-hmm. the both of ours or companies like. Ours are really trying to help the masses because they deserve to be helped. 
they deserve to have the yeah, same we, opportunity and access. Yeah, we have a. It's it's interesting the parallels because we built a an a, out of you know basically an, an AI platform because we're a Catholic health system. We call it Grace, and um, and what that does is is it tries to solve some of the. It's a chatbot that tries to solve some of the navigation problems I was mentioning about about around the complexity of like okay now we've delivered all these different options for you. One of the big challenges we have is, is you know, I clearly can't be seen, you know, in a telehealth environment for certain conditions. Like, you know, I think I may have broken my leg. You should go to the ED or urgent care, right? Uh, and so how do I help, you know, patients kind of navigate to the right venue of care so that they're getting care most conveniently and then um, also, you know, at a lower cost? So, so it's, a, it's, it's really analogous to, you know, some of the work that you're doing that you were saying about, you know, kind of guiding folks that need investing advice. It's, it's really, really cool what you guys are doing. It also sounds a little bit like Wildflower. I mean, they start with, you know, we know your due date, and we work backwards from that. And we tell you, instead of handing you a, you know, virtual binder of, you know, stuff you need to know about your, your pregnancy all up, up front and help you read this, um, we kind of parse it out as you, you, you go down that path, um, both for you and, and your caregivers, you know, the folks that are kind of trying to help you. And then the other thing I would also say is, is um, what's been incredibly inspiring, we're in three of the largest Medicaid expansion states that are in the United States, and so a lot more people have gotten coverage uh, for primary care um, who weren't covered under Medicaid before. And what you see, especially our caregivers talk about this all the time, is folks getting primary care who otherwise probably would have let a condition go on and get worse and worse and worse. And that has two things. Number one is the horrible impact it has on the individual. And then secondly, it also drives up costs because by the time they've let something go for so long, the cost to treat it skyrockets. And so I think there's an analogy in financial services that, you know, if you don't save a little bit all the time, um, you know, when you get hit with, you know, sometimes medical bills, um, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is 10 times worse than it, it would have been.